welcome to the summer of 2021 edition. There will be more of these, but this, this is the start of summer. It feels like to me of Take Note. It's our podcast where we we try and carry around a notebook in our, our back pocket and we, uh, we pull them out every so often and read what we got in there to each other. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, Ted. It is summer here as well, is a thing that I decided to say. My wife... Uh, and her friend came up with a, a phrase for the summer. Uh, waxed, vaxed, and relaxed. So okay. let's fall find the groove. <laughs> let's find the groove. Okay. Um, yep, yep. Sounds good. But every episode, uh, we do ask each other a question, what do you got? Means what have you written down in your notebook that you would like to share? Adam, what do you got? All right, Ted. I, I wrote this. Petite hairstylist says she eats a pound of bacon every day, but she knows that she needs to cut back. She also mentioned she found a tick in her husband's beard. So that was a uh, productive visit to the uh, haircut place for my kid. Got some good bacon hairstylist content. I know there's probably not a connection, but there feels like a connection between eating a pound of bacon every day and knowing a lot about what's going on in your husband's beard. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about, I think it, it all, the through line is uh, choices y- this person would just make in their life, you know? I feel like, yeah. The types of choices they've made. Yeah, I feel like feeding each other bacon might be a part of that equation. And when <laughs> when you do that, then you're, you're just in and around the face, facial hair. It's a, like a lifestyle, it's, and they're, they're interconnected, I think. Um, Do you think there's like a love scene in a movie where people feed each other bacon? They, they, I feel like there should they be. They measure it first, just to make sure they achieve the full pound. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I too, took my, uh, took my son to, uh, to get his hair cut, and to get mine cut as well. And uh, he, you know, he was off in the chair, I was in the little waiting area. And uh, the the stylist was amazing. Shout out to the Medical Center Sport Clips. I love this place. It's my favorite. Oh, my story was at a sports clip. I love too. it. Oh, this episode sponsored by Sports. They're clips. so great, and I don't. I you would not expect it necessarily, but I've been going to this place for years now, and it's got all the charm and appeal of a a neighborhood spot. I, those ladies, they're always ladies have made me laugh so much over the years. They're amazing. Anywho. <laughs> Do you think that we should take our sports clip discount card, which I think you get a free haircut after only six, and mail it back and forth to one another? <laughs> to, to really... <laughs> I, they, I don't know. They might have a special Chicagoland stamp shape that, oh, that no. would give up, the, give up the game real quick. Okay. So, uh, stylist cutting my son's hair... Uh, at one point turns to me and says, he's got this little, he's got this chunk missing on the bangs here. I'm trying to work around it. I said, yep, you know, he got, he got a pair of scissors. He got a little, uh, got a little overzealous. Just do the best you can. Guy in front of me in the waiting area turns around. Oh, you know what? My son did the exact same thing. Guy in front of him turns around. Oh man, when my kid was five years old. I left to get my hair cut. They were still telling tales about their children <laughs> cutting their own hair. Um, 
So ho nice. hopefully that's a one-time deal. What do you got, Adam? All right. Four words. Wrote it today. What is salads here? Which I understand I may need to do some... Uh, we'll give you the punctuation and some of the spelling. Salads here. Quotes around that. Salads, H-E-R-E, -E, is the restaurant where the co-working space that I have an office in ordered lunch from today i was excited that they were ordering lunch from a salad joint um and I, I ordered my salad and it took a long time to show up somebody else somebody else on the slack wanted to know where the salads were too uh not, salads not where is, uh, <laughs> right and that salad's not here um but so you know so while i was waiting i uh i started looking up salads here and uh i cannot figure out what is salads here except that it is a nationwide salad ghost kitchen it's one of the best salad spots in queens supposedly salads in maryland salads in suburban chicago but you can't find any information about who owns it you know some of these ghost kitchens uh, i'll just in case you don't know a ghost kitchen is a um a restaurant that exists only for the uh like the delivery services like uh I, I hate them all so i don't even want to say any of their names um and in fact all these people selling out and doing commercials for these delivery services like it's the grossest commercial it's almost it's it's not like john cena apologizing to the chinese people for accidentally <laughs> recognizing uh taiwan in an interview it's not quite as bad as that but I, I do think the people doing all the ads for the um, restaurant delivery services uh, are, are, it's pretty egregious. Having said that, salads here, I, I spent a good deal of time and uh, uh, really dug into trying to figure out who owns this company or where it is or what it's a part of. Like a lot of times if like, you know, you could imagine it's uh, some restaurant like in Applebee's or something that also has salads, but you're not going to order salads from Applebee's. You're not going to think of it. So instead, you find, you look up salads on your app and you find salads here and you do that. You can't find a thing about it. Um, and the salad was no good. So um, <laughs> and it was late. Um, but I did just for truly for a good thirty minutes. I could not stop thinking the phrase, "What is salads here?" Uh, quick question. And I do not have an answer. Is it salad uh, apostrophe s? Here or salads plural here? It is salads plural here, but the, I mean the thing is, <laughs> there's no website for the company. I like that's one of the things about these ghost kitchens. Well, it, it, it's funny that they would so aggressively assert that they exist, that they are here, when in fact they don't exist. I think that's maybe that's the giveaway. Uh, it's like, uh, hey, nobody ever questioned whether or not you are here. And yet, you're kind of yelling at me. Goes to kitchen. Yeah, strange. I didn't know this was a phenomenon. This is the first time learning about ghost kitchens. One more thing to be slightly depressed about. I've only had terrible experiences with all food delivery apps, so I'm kind of proud to, and happy to say that I do not use them ever. Uh, I don't either. I mean, unless you... I, my little co-working place, they organize a thing. I don't know why they always do it this way. We have a salad place that is a third of a mile from our office. Why they wouldn't order it from there? I, I mean, I'm guessing only that marketing works. Yeah. Um, well, but the, those food delivery things you, never work. Salads there is a far superior uh, spot. Yeah, but salads hair is not. Salads <laughs> hair is bad. 
So I've I've uh, I, I rediscovered the memo, Adam. Congratulations. I want to I want to bring the memo back. I you know like I don't even quite know what I mean when I say memo, but in my head it's this. Uh, you know, you you work for a company where people are smoking cigarettes in their offices and and ringing various bells and and tapping on typewriters. And when you need to announce something, you need a, a policy change or, or or a dress code uh, adjustment or you know the the procedures for how to get down to the uh, the uh, bomb shelter in the basement. You type up a memo and you somehow distribute that across the building on these pieces of paper. And I, 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 this, this, these neurons were fired uh, on Twitter. Can't remember even at this point where it came from, but it was a memo from the cap from Capitol Records, uh, describing, I believe, someone's efforts to make sure that forty thousand Beatles record album covers were appropriately buried in the town landfill and that fans would not be able to dig them up or something of this nature. Well, I, I think this has to be uh, from my old college buddy, Ryan Walsh, of the band. Very, very likely, yes. Hallelujah yes, yes. the Hills, uh, at Jaw Hills on Twitter, because he did a story about it. Or I don't know if he did a story about this, but he wrote about it on Twitter and I know it became yes. news, he said, and he was interviewed by um, Boston News Station. You're spot on. He also wrote a great book about uh, Van Morrison doing Astral Weeks. It, it is great, um, yeah. So what, what caught my eye was this this memo, uh, and it was a, you know, a scan or whatever of a sheet of paper. It had uh, a, you know, a series of very broad like grid lines but you know dividing kind of a top two two inch section on the top and then a little square at the top corner where the capital records logo was and then below that in a big big font it said memo and then you know it was this message was typed out on a typewriter in the main area and there was all kinds of little uh little mysterious code numbers and things that presumably you would you know, circle with your Dixon Ticonderoga and, you know, lift your arm, lift it up and someone would race by and grab it from you and process it in all the appropriate ways. And I just thought this was a thing of beauty. I I, I dislike now that the email, you know, like the division-wide email has become the memo. Yep. But uh, but I, I, I hopped on to, to Photoshop and I... I whipped up a, a take note memo form, uh, so I'm I'm I, I am being the reality I want to see in the world. I think I've quoted that perfectly. I believe that's Henry David Thoreau. I nailed that one. Um, but I, I've I've produced I think two memos at this point. Oh, impressive! Um, one of them was a memo t- to. Everyone, all, all of our Twitter followers over at Take Note Pod to have a great weekend. Okay, less impressive. What's the next? It's, well, I signed it from from you and I. Yep. I that my I, I'm not sure if that's within company policy. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate it, and I intend to investigate company policy. <laughs> well, uh, draft up a quick memo, 
Uh, let me know the investigatory procedures and, and wherewithals that you've got planned, and uh, and I'll see if I can't get a memo back to you. I think I have to fill out a pink form to uh, find out if I can, you know, send the message via memo. But yep, I'll take the necessary steps. All right, what's the what's the other memo? Uh, the other one today uh, was, just, was a quote that I've also um, I've cross-posted. I posted it on Twitter, but I cross-posted it to my Commonplace book. Cross-posted it to that I, yep. <laughs> I, I re-cross-posted the Commonplace book idea to our website, uh, takenote.space, where I, I snapped a few photos of it. Uh, today's memo um, was just a, a quote from Mark Marin. He did an interview with... Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, whose work I love, whose partner is Maya Rudolph, whose life partner is Maya Rudolph, which I find fascinating. Yep. Um, uh, to be the partner of Paul Thomas Anderson, I'm sure, is, is quite a uh, quite interesting. But to be Maya Rudolph, just universally beloved, uh, wonderfully wonderful seeming person. There's interest. Must be an interesting story behind that. Anyway. Uh, in his in his intro to that interview, which I could only find on YouTube, incidentally, uh, Mark Marin said, "Your personal truth, you better get that shit straight before you look for the bigger truths. If you don't know who you are or where you sit inside, you are going to be taken for a fucking ride, man." Uh, that was so. That was today's memo. Nice, nice. Um, I I mean I I I just I love the form. I love this memo form. Uh, it feels like a lost form. I want to bring it back. You can, uh, you know, I've I've been doing like a, well, I did I printed out my memo form and I hand wrote it for the for the memo number one. Uh, memo number two, I I did create it digitally. I didn't uh, I didn't pull out an actual typewriter, but. Uh, if you you know if you receive a box of two hundred and fifty um, cream colored pre printed, don't be surprised by that. Awesome, awesome, that's great. I uh, I love it. I also I, I do. They're a lot of fun. The uh, the tweets with the memo. Actually, I, I feel like um, no, I feel like someone someone should already be doing this, which is the the best sort of compliment I think on. Uh, like on something like Twitter, like hard to believe you don't see that all the time. Uh, so I'm excited to see what comes next. I also am sincerely excited before I have my own memos to float memo content to you to see if it's, it'll be worth your time to turn it into a memo. Well, I don't, I, I, I make no mistake. I'm not going to claim memo creating, um, authority here. No, I know, but for I right mean, now, you've got it. And the idea that I don't have to do the work, I just can yeah, send you, uh, you know, memo idea. And you either well, you either run with it or again, you... You know, it's nice to get I'm, a little editorial interference sometimes. I'm going to need you to send me a memo. If you've got a memo for me, I think you I'm need gonna to send, send you a it pink, to me. A pink in, you need in to my send it job. to me in the form of a memo. That's... <laughs> no, in my old... I'm, I, memo's company-wide. I'm just going up. <laughs> So I think I need a form that goes up the ladder. And in my old job, I think there was a pink. And it was um, it had the date that it was created on the bottom of it. And I believe it was in 1983. And that it was just photocopied over and over again on pink paper. Um, and so 
I'm not going to use that form because I don't want to get into any um, uh, trouble. Yeah, <laughs> legal. Yeah, yep. legal. Um, but uh, sure. but in that spirit, maybe I can create uh, you know some sort of form to propose memo content. I hate to beat a dead horse, but I look forward to the memo proposing uh, this <laughs> alternative memo content. So this this commonplace book, I did a little blog post about it, um, but it's it's been a, a real delight. Um, and I I tried as I was thinking about it, I tried to, I tried to think about why a couple, I mean my you know and and the constraint here is this it's a it's a Let's of London. Um, like a little traveler's book. I can't, I continually cannot remember the name of it, but it's, it's taller than it is wide. It's got some kind of thin, you know, onion skinny paper. It's got a little pen. Oh, I know it's a bread uh, box. Tucked in the spine, <laughs> smaller than a bread box. Uh, but I, I've dedicated it only to quotations. And as I, uh, I, it occurred to me, I don't, I, I will never write down a quotation that somebody else has shared as a quotation. Right. Like to to me, it's only really legit if I find it in the wild and it's in its uh, native habitat. I'd, I'd be curious how other people felt about that. I, um, I've been trying. I guess to... I could start with uh, the other person that I'm talking to right now. How do you feel about that? I have this book called "Sweet Theft," a poet's commonplace book by J.D. McClatchy, and uh, and I would never write. I'd never take anything from that book and if i had right. some some yeah. i probably wouldn't take the uh what is it the epigram from the front of a book um but i did i've i know you've been writing in this commonplace book and i've been tr- i've been trying and i i know i put a i put a quote in my end papers after we first talked about this i don't have it in front of me but it, it's hard for me to to capture the quotes even the other day i was listening to ali smith interviewed on start the week and she said something brilliant and i thought okay i'm, I'm gonna cross the street and then i'm gonna <laughs> rewind 30 seconds and i'm gonna write it down and i didn't do that but i did write this one down <laughs> the other day well because it's and it's still in my head oh i'm gonna do that still um i did write this one down the other day uh which maybe will make it into the commonplace book Everything that makes the novel worthwhile and engaging is here. Warmth, wit, intelligence, love, death, high seriousness, low comedy, philosophy, subtle personal relationships, and the complex interior lives of human beings. And the, mm. I, the source I only wrote was a review of an Italian novel. Um, I think it was in The Guardian. I didn't write down which novel it was or who wrote it, but... Um, I did think it seemed every once in a while I decide that, oh, these two sentences here are the secret to writing a novel. Like there's the checklist there. And so that'll probably make it into my commonplace book. But that's not what you were asking. You were asking if I would ever take a quote and. uh, No, you answered. Yeah, you absolutely answered. I would not do that. I think, you know, I I, what I found that um, once your antenna's (coughs) up a little bit, you you find really brilliant phrases in places you might not you know be hunting for them or or you know and it's it's often the the stuff that's uh not presented as a brilliant thought ten, you know tends to jump out at you um and, and so i think you know in keeping this little dedicated book um it's it like it becomes your own little library and the quote that meant something at you know when you wrote it down 
kind of becomes more familiar and and as you you know even if you're flipping through to write a new one in you kind of end up seeing the ones that you've taken down in the past and you you kind of have forgotten a little bit of the original context but then the the quote itself kind of um um starts to you know sort of take on a little new meaning and so in that way it builds on itself too which i think um has been enjoyable and it you know it's just great fun to go through and re read the ones that you've taken down because you put them in there for a reason because they spoke to you um and so it's it's uh it's good stuff to to kind of create this little artifact for yourself and man you know when this thing is full it's just going to be an absolute delightful thing in my life and it's you know it's a nice little book too it's pretty in orange cover um so let me ask you a question um so i know about this i've got this jd mcclatchy commonplace book that was published maybe five ten years ago and i know this dwight garner one that was published a year or so ago what are your feelings as the keeper of a commonplace book are you hesitant to read another commonplace book uh because you don't want to be too inspired by some how someone else does it or are you wide open to the idea? No. Well, I've, I don't know about either of these books. The one the one I can think of is uh, Bruce Chatwin's The Song Lines. Oh, yeah. Do I never read that. The, I didn't read that one, but I just remembered that it existed. Well, the, the first half is, is uh, you know, sort of travelogue, uh, uh, first-person narrative, I think, kind of, you know, traveling to Australia and... and experiencing um some components of aboriginal culture um i can't remember if it stands the test of time particularly but the writing i think is is really interesting uh but the second half of the book is essentially a commonplace book uh around the theme of walking and and kind of um um what walking means you know so just a whole a litany of quotations and personal I think little scenes um, that's just one after the other of around the idea of walking, um, you know, from ancient, you know, uh, archaeology and biology and and literature and uh, the whole nine yards. But it, that's essentially what it is, and and it's it's really. I mean, it it blew my mind to read that as a younger person. Uh, it it seemed like a new like a new form, like something I'd never thought about before. Uh, so, I mean, I, as a creative undertaking, I'm all for it. And I think, you know, I think too of uh, Paul Holdengraber, who has been, uh, I think he started, he was doing a Lit Hub podcast for a while. And then he uh, pivoted to um, Dub Lab, which if you've never listened to Dub Lab, it's an online radio station. I haven't, and you've recommended it a couple times. Oh, it's great. Do they play music, he does, or is it a little bit of everything? Yeah, they or? play a lot of a lot of super mellow music, <coughs> mostly uh, you know instrumental and kind of uh, abstract and all over the place. But really, I think amazing. Uh, but he does a show for that, which is also a podcast, the Quarantine Tapes, and he has this wonderful German or Austrian or accent, and he's he. He says, well, of course, I am an avowed quote-aholic. <laughs> and so part of his interview uh, technique with all these, you know, different 
um, famous and and academically rigorous and amazing writers and stuff is to read them, read them or recite them quotations and have them respond, which is like so good. It's so good because oh, you know to, to hear brilliant people responding to to interesting quotations is just almost a limitless resource for how to enjoy people talking to each other um so i i would say honestly that holden graber has informed my opinion and he he in a way he he he's a a he has legitimized the form for me in a new way and being really really bold with it and saying you know just kind of essentially communicating like this is this is a form of communication to share with each other you know something brilliant that someone else said or wrote like it just really casting it in in titanium <laughs> and so i think that does have something to do with the pleasure i'm taking in doing it myself nice yeah well i'm i'm definitely trying not half-heartedly uh, not entirely succeeding yet but uh i love the idea well, and, and I, yeah i i thought i would give it up um and i was you know i could see before i even started the quarter filled notebook that now that would sit somewhere on my desk and i'd always wonder hey, but it, you know it's a slow thing i throw it in my backpack occasionally i'll write something down in my field notes book and then later transfer it over it's just a very slow low pressure activity but um what I do you think th if you're going to do it, find a nice notebook that maybe, you know, this one I, was never going to become my kind of daily carry. It's not the right format. It doesn't really, wouldn't feel good in my pocket. So it's perfect for this kind of odd little, little uh, function. How do you feel about having, you know, notebooks that match? So it's, do you, you're loving this commonplace book right now when this notebook is full do you think do, do, will part of you want or need for this your second commonplace book to be oh. the same shape and size as the first commonplace book that's a that's a cool question this this is the first sort of notebook i could imagine putting up on my public quote-unquote bookshelf the bookshelf in the middle of my living room that uh that i would enjoy someone else picking up and leafing through yep um which i would never say that about any other notebook i've ever kept so i think yeah i i think that that would lend itself to starting a new one in the exact same format uh so that you know if you were going to build a little library of these things um you know and again it's part of how appealing this little book itself is that's that's a cool idea you know it's funny with all other regular notebooks I have never had a uniform format. You know, a lot of field notes, but then, you know, you mix one in that's like a little bigger. Maybe it's, you know, some one-off that it was a gift and whoever gave you the gift was too insensitive to realize that you're dedicated to one very specific <laughs> brand of notebooks. How dare they? How, how dare they? Um, and, and, you know, so you end up with a collection of, you know, kind of ill-fitted, uh, notebooks that are all in various states of disrepair. And I, you know, like Austin Cleon, I think, uh, has uses the same 
exact notebook month after month after month fills him with all kinds of awesome artwork and stuff but then at the end of a year or whatever he he has this stack of just per you know perfectly synced up they've all got the the dates on the you know white lettering on the spine and it's just a stack and I, I some part of me loves that but while also knowing that i will never be capable of that kind of consistency right. nor does my brain want that kind of consistency my, see my a, brain does my brain does yeah. but it's a stupid thing i mean it's um uh, maybe <laughs> that end that end papers that i'm using um that end papers that i'm using i think the first page of it that i started years ago was goosebump songs songs that give me goosebumps and then oh, uh nice. yeah and there's a few listed there and then uh, but i decided the rest of it can be the commonplace book well first i was like oh goosebump song i've used a page in a few years so maybe i should find a different notebook for the commonplace book <laughs> i i couldn't find the other end papers so i was like ah whatever i'll be a reasonable person the uh i could just fill wow. the uh, the commonplace book and the goosebump songs can exist in the same notebook and you know i can maybe fill the book up in 10 years um but <laughs> but the way my brain works is the next thing i thought is oh should i buy more end papers now before they become even more scarce so that once I finally finish this notebook in 10 years, the yep. second one can match perfectly the first one. I'm broken, Ted. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say? Buddy? Sounds good, buddy. Uh, before I jump out, I do want to recommend the Pixar film Luca. Uh, I'm not usually a Pixar, you know, for grownups guy, but this, this charming little film, uh, sent me down a rabbit hole of Italian music. Uh, and I love it. I, I recommend it. Uh, check it out. Well, in that case, since we're re recommending big corporate, uh, um, entertainment products, I'm going to recommend the comedian James Acaster, who, uh, at times I feel is the only person or thing that makes me happy. Um, that's a slight exaggeration. It's an in-joke in our house. That's, it's an in-joke in our house. If I'm grumpy, my wife says, listen, James Acaster, and I'm bringing it up because I've told you about him. I think maybe I told, uh, Sly about him and, uh, it was only when Variety Pod, not Variety, the Vulture podcast, a good one had him on that you guys started paying attention. But from, uh, from Acaster, I got to Taskmaster, uh, Channel 4 TV show, many, many episodes of which are um, online, and I'm obsessed with that. And now, from Taskmaster, I've gone to No More Jockeys, which is a Zoom show that is like a bar game that three comedians play together over Zoom during pandemic that is fantastic. So uh -huh. I, I give that to you. I give that to our audience. You know, maybe the guys that are raceable will... Uh, try no more jockeys or something like that because i know you're pretty re you're resistant well i i have listened to some episodes of his podcast uh uh gosh off menu or uh perfect Year? off menu yes yeah. where where he and a, a british pal which uh listening to british people talk is just fun really no matter what they're talking about uh but it's good uh celebrity people come on and Talk about like their favorite components of a meal. And, that and one's James A. Caster and Ed Gamble. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I hey, quit giving me grief about uh, 
about Acaster. Just because I didn't go from Acaster to Taskmaster to Blast Pass to... To No More first. Jockeys. No More Jockeys is... You're yeah. in deep territory yeah. with No More Jockeys. It's yeah. fun. Well, you're you're giving me grief because I'm not uh, I'm not vice president of the James Acaster <laughs> fan club yet. No, but Pixar appreciates your support, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out on the web. Take note.space. It does not sound like a website, but I promise you, if you surf over there, you will find that it is a collection of uh, HTML code with uh, with information embedded in it, images and text and audio files, incidentally. Uh, we're on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash take note pod. Please take care. <laughs>